Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio in Gwinnett, it's time for Silver Lining in the Cloud, brought to you by Computer Design and Integration. Good morning and welcome to Silver Lining in the Cloud. I'm your host, Nicole Toptosh, along with my co-host, Dominic Rainey. It's great to be back from a nice holiday weekend, all refreshed and raring to go. How are you doing, Dom, and how was your holiday? Hey, can't do better than this, Nicole. Took the week off, uh, lots of sun and fun up on Martha's Vineyard. Got tired of the sailing and golf and (laughs) clam chowder because I heard you had a great all-star lineup today, and I got to get back to Atlanta to meet these uh, business leaders. Wow, it sounds like you had a great time. Well, we didn't have much of a bang here in Georgia. With all of the rainy weather, the 4th of July was a complete washout. But one thing that I definitely know for sure, our studio is on fire today. And as you mentioned, we have various business leaders from Atlanta who have joined us. And let's welcome to the show Todd Riley with IPG. Next, we have Kyle Lewis with Oxygen Financial. And we also have the pleasure of speaking with Ed Henderson with Synergy America. Thank you all for being on the show. Todd, why don't you get us started and kick it off and tell us about IPG and what do you do there? Uh, good morning. Good morning. Cool. So IPG stands for actually Implantable Provider Group, and we've been around since 2004, actually. And what, what we're excited about, actually, is we, we are, we're bringing transparency to the healthcare industry. That's a, a kind of been a buzzword recently, mm-hmm. last couple of years, and you hear a lot about it now with the Affordable Care Act and uh, otherwise known as Obamacare. So you hear a lot about that uh, recently, and what we do is is we focus specifically in the very expensive medical device area. So a uh, good example is, uh, you know, when you have a, a procedure done, any type of an implantable procedure done, where you, you might have a, a, a screw, an implant, a knee procedure, a shoulder done, um, those tend to be high, very high cost uh, and expensive parts that get used. And we all hear the horror stories, and if you've seen uh, recently, probably about a month or two ago, in uh, Time Magazine, there was a cover story that was done called Bitter Pill. And it talked really about the, the excess uh, spend. And we've all seen the, uh, the, the, the 50-cent gauze pad that shows up <laughs> on your bill for, uh, for uh, $300. Right. Uh, and, and what we do is we're really, at, at, its, at its nature, a, a healthcare IT company. And what we've done is really, for the first time, brought... Uh, to bear uh, the, the, the use of big data to healthcare and to the device space. Um, one of the problems in, in what we were solving is, is payers, healthcare providers, really didn't, believe it or not, don't have great access to this information as you would think they would. Um, it's very fragmented industry. Healthcare is local, just like real estate. Healthcare is local. Uh, we rely on our physicians. We rely on the the, the, our friends uh, for guidance, and and there's you know different payers throughout the industry and throughout this, the the country. The different blues plans united a number of these payers, and and in many cases they don't have a lot of that information to make the decisions that are that that need to be made. Wow. Um, and so we take all that information, uh, compile it, and we manage that on behalf of both the large payers, Aetna, United Healthcare, etc. Mm-hmm. Manage that for them. Uh, and really to reduce the cost to you and I ultimately, to our employers and to you and I. So that, as an example, the, the, uh, the $20 screw uh, that goes implant that goes into your body, that by the time it gets billed, 
to the manufacturer, to the provider, to the hospital, ends up costing $800. Um, we, we normalize that really uh, through providing that information back to the, uh, to the plan and to the employer. That is a good deal, and it certainly makes sense in this day and age. You know, as you mentioned, uh, healthcare IT, it's a very hot area. Tell us where IPG fits and why. Sure, sure. So we, we, we sort of fell into this uh, a number of years ago, really with an initial um, goal of, as I mentioned, of really finding a way to reduce the cost of high implant, of high cost medical implants. Um, if you if you think about when you when you go to your employer and you get your drug formulary from your employer, you get your choice of you could, if you, if you want to have an expensive tier one drug, that's great. You pay a little bit more, but they've negotiated really some great prices on generics for you. We really went in with a goal of that initially: is how do we take that same type of a model and apply that to the device space, which again historically you and I aren't going to be familiar with because we don't know what that implant looks like that's inside of our body. Um, and so when we really started it, it was really with that kind of an approach. What we realized that over time is as we did more and more of these, as we worked more and more across the country, as we worked more and more with providers and the manufacturers that had to supply those parts, we realized that what, what we really had at, at, at its nature was a great wealth of information. And this is really when the, the phrase "big data" started to started to be started to come around, and we were able to be, to take that information and and really really manage it in new and unique ways. Um, and so we really transformed our company from uh, kind of a standard service provider to really more of a of a, of a leading edge uh, uh, group. And we started talking about transparency, uh, you know, three or four years ago, and now it's you know, we find ourselves in a great spot to be in right now. Okay, so um, how is IPG helping to reduce health? Overall. Sure. So uh, we're, we're we're very fortunate that um, that with the you know with the Affordable Care Act coming out and really the focus, um, payers have been and the industry insurance industry a great great quote. Uh, I was at a conference a couple weeks ago and, and a very very large employer uh, had probably one of the best quotes I've heard in a, in a while. Uh, he started his presentation to uh, an audience of about a thousand people and the very first line on his slide said. Uh, you know, we've been working with insurance carriers for, we're a very large employer. We've been working with insurance carriers now for years and years. Who, why, why would any company tolerate with any supplier that you do business with, any vendor, why would you tolerate year after year of double-digit increases in cost? Nobody would put up with that in any industry, yet we do with healthcare. And And I thought that was just a wonderful way to really succinctly describe the problem that's out there. And And it's really gotten the attention, um, it, we forced it. You know, the, the Obamacare and the Affordable Care Act really forced the insurers to really have to relook at how they do business. It, it really forced everyone to relook at why these things are occurring uh, throughout the entire delivery channel of cost. So we happen to be at a great position that we're, we're one of the few companies that provide that level of information really specifically related to those high-cost devices that, uh, that really contribute about 50% of, of the cost when you go in to have any type of a procedure like that at a hospital. And so we've been at the forefront of this uh, problem, and uh, it's been great to be part of that solution. Great, great. Affordability. We're listening to Todd Riley with IPG. Todd, you mentioned transparency. 
So, um, you know, healthcare, you know, transparency, uh, what's that mean and how does, uh, how does IPG relate? To sure. There's a, it's a, Don, that's a great question. And, and there's a, there's a lot of different definitions of what that is. And we've, we, we jokingly at our office talk about that we need to come up with a new phrase because it's getting overused these days. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, uh, you know, there's, a, there's another phrase that's, uh, you know, uh, uh, sunlight's the best disinfectant. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so we, we, like to, we like to talk about that in our organization that, you know, we're, we're wearing the white hat in the room. You know, we're the ones that are really have the, have the uh, we're bringing true savings to the marketplace. Okay, we're not, we're not a medical device company. We're not a, we're not a wholesaler. What we do is, is really for the purpose of sharing this information in a way that employers that where the real dollars are ultimately spent, which is really to you in my pocket. There's a lot of companies out there right now in the B2C market uh, that you may not have heard yet, but you'll, be, you'll, you'll start to hear more of in the future that are really trying to bring that level of transparency, meaning information for the, for the consumer to make better decisions on their health care dollar. Um, and in, through employers, that's been tried. Uh, in many cases, you can go to your, your, your current health insurance provider today, and they probably got on their website some service where it can give you some information related to what it might cost you to go do this. The problem is no one uses it. Uh, I don't know if anyone here has used it. I, I've not. People don't do that. You go to your physician. You go to your friend. Who'd you use? And, and that's how people generally do this. So that B2C market hasn't really taken off yet. What we've really focused on in, in recognition of that, because it is a personal decision between you and your physician and your family, we've realized that, that our, the best way for us to attack that market and to bring that information to bear is to provide it through the B2C channel, provide it directly through the, through the health insurers, through the um, employers ultimately who pay the freight, and, and providing that information there uh, in a in a in a means that makes it easily identifiable and takes a lot of the confusion out of it. A great example I saw recently is a uh, one B two C player that that showed a showed a, a sample. Said, okay, if you go in to do a knee procedure, Nicole, uh, your average price is a thousand dollars to ten thousand dollars. Well, what does that really tell you? Mm-hmm. Not a whole lot. <laughs> Um, what we do is tell you not only that, uh, that it's not 1000 to 10000 In reality, it's you know 1000 to $3,000. It's a much, much more distinct, discrete uh, range. And we show you these are the physicians that do it with the greatest quality of care at the lowest cost. And did you know that instead of going to the hospital where you're going to spend $11,000, $12,000, $20,000, you can have that done and spend the night you can go to a, a surgery center down the street, be in and out in six hours, not have to spend the night and pay a third of the cost. And so we show, uh, we show that information through a lot of what we do. But, but Dom, really to your question, it's, it's really around the definition for transparency for us is how do you get that information into the hands of the employer and into the hands of those that are also making the healthcare decision? Good stuff, Dom. Um, who's your typical customer? Sure. So our typical customer, actually, it started um, with initially with uh, the regional blues players. So, so for example, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Florida is a big client of ours, um, North Carolina. And it's really expanded to the national folks now, uh, as obviously as we've become known and as our market's expanded. Now we, we are national. We play on the national playing field. Uh, we do business with a lot of the large blues and a lot of the national carriers. 
Um, and in fact, we've had, based on the, you know, a lot of the things that we've been working on, uh, we've really seen a tremendous amount of interest from the employer market now. Uh, again, where they're they're the ones ultimately that are that are having to pay the cost of this through the insurance programs, uh, particularly with the health exchanges coming out now, uh, the state mandated health exchanges. We saw the other day some of that got postponed a little bit, but uh, with with those now coming out, states, employers, everyone was trying to figure out how to how's this going to work, and how do we know we're going to have to save dollars. So what are all those areas that we can really create savings? And they're looking for new ideas. And so, as we mentioned earlier, why is IPG in this at this point in time? Um, we're, I think part of it is we're very fortunate to be in it at this stage, that these kinds of questions are being raised. And so the customer base for us is expanding beyond the traditional insurance carriers that we may have seen three, four years ago, now into the employer space and into the, the B2C players that are out there trying to do some of those things as well. You mentioned Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act. Um, how's IPG affected by that? Yeah, so, Dom, the, in a good way, uh, mm-hmm. which is nice. Uh, we get that question a lot. Is that have a positive or negative impact for you? The answer is only positive. And for, for, for uh, a lot of the reasons I described, uh, because ultimately where we position ourselves is to create true savings. We're not a supply chain, not to get technical, but we're not a supply chain additive where we're adding our overhead to the to the healthcare equation. What the things that we do in creating savings, whether it be through passing discounts back through to the health insurers and to the employers, uh, whether it be creating um, uh, coding issues that you find um, pretty common in the market, miscoding, overpricing, um, things that shouldn't be paid for as part of a surgery. Um, things that shouldn't be covered in terms of uh, part of a surgery, we normalize all those in terms of that uh, of the value that we add. And so, so any type of any type of uh, structure, whether it be health exchanges uh, through the insurance companies or anything that's really promulgated through the Affordable Care Act, um, we we're, we're really a part of that solution. So it's really been a benefit for us. Todd, I know that your company recently was named one of Atlanta's 100 fastest-growing private companies, receiving the 2013 Atlanta Business Chronicles Paysetters Award. Congrats to you on that accomplishment. Thank you. Can you talk a little bit about that award and uh, sure. why you received it? Sure. Well, thanks. So, so we've been, uh, you know, we've been very fortunate that uh, that we've been recognized, and I think a lot of that's really been for the new, the, the kind of the, the the new solutions we brought to the market. Uh, and that's really been over the, about the last year and a half. And uh, we've, we, as I mentioned, we've, we've evolved from uh, kind of a primary service company uh, to a nationwide healthcare IT company. And, and I think that recognition is, is, you know, certainly gotten the attention of, of a lot of folks here in Atlanta. And, and I, was, I was astonished to know this, to learn this through the Chamber of Commerce, uh, uh, that uh, there's about 110 to 120 healthcare IT companies in the greater <laughs> Uh, Ed knows this. We'll, we'll hear from Ed in a moment, but he's probably closer to this than I am. But we, uh, we, uh, I was surprised to hear that that in the Greater Atlanta that, that there's that many, and and to be recognized in that group was 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 uh, in, a, in, a, in a couple different ways was was really a, a, a nice thing for us to, to to see, and and we really look at that as a as you know as it's a testimony from not only our clients uh, and the employers that we hear from. But to see the market recognize that the things that we're doing are uh, are being valued 
mm-hmm. and uh, is is really nice. And and so we really are are very you know pleased that we were able to get recognized you know for some of the things that we're doing. And we really think about that is is uh, you know is and we spoke about this with the chamber. In fact, that you know we we'd like to see IPG really be part of that 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 select group of folks that gets recognized as really bringing you know more to the venture market here in Atlanta. Um, outside of what you traditionally see in, in Silicon Valley and in Boston, mm-hmm. that, that there really are innovative companies in Atlanta. And for us to have this many uh, high-quality healthcare IT organizations in the greater Atlanta area is, is really a testament to, to really what the state's been able to do, what the chamber's been able to do, um, you know, uh, our opportunity to talk with folks like yourselves uh, mm-hmm. to help us promote this uh, healthcare IT space has been great. And, and to get recognized for that is, is just a plus. Right, right, indeed. And, you know, healthcare IT, it's a, it's a multi-billion dollar industry. We know that. Where do you see IPG in the next five years in terms of growth? Sure. Uh, hopefully uh, a big part <laughs> of that. Um, we, we see this in, in you know, in, in the unfortunate side of, of healthcare, which we've all seen, is it's a, it's a huge, huge uh, business. It's the largest, you know, pretty much the largest spend, I think, outside of, uh, you know, military that we spend is mm-hmm. between uh you know social security and, and healthcare, and 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 because that problem is so large uh you know it, for us to do our little part of it um should be able to help us become a a large you know part of that solution and and just in the medical device space there's uh it's a, that that itself is about a a, a 300 billion dollar um spent in in that particular arena whether wow. it be for cardiac Sports medicine, orthopedics, mm-hmm. those those types of procedures. It's a very very large area of spend, and we mm-hmm. typically see, on average, we save twenty to thirty percent um, per year per customer that we do business with, mm-hmm. specifically with the areas that we touch. And 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 to really put that in 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 comparison, when you think about an insurance company, you know we're used to seeing as as uh, members, uh, you know anywhere from. Eight to ten percent increases each year in our healthcare costs in our premiums. A health insurer is thrilled to see a one percent savings uh, <laughs> on any area, mm-hmm. and we're saving you know twenty to thirty percent in ours. And so you know if you if you did the math on that, that really creates a tremendous opportunity for IPG. And where we'd like to see ourselves five years from now is very similar to what the pharmacy benefit management companies have done over 20 years, uh, the last 20 years or so, with really developing solutions around generics, solutions around, again, cost, low-cost alternatives uh, to providing drugs. Um, you see that in radiology, and we're really an extension of that. We'd like to bring that level of service uh, to the market. And our advantage that we have today over what the pharmacy benefit management model had 20 years ago is the level of information, as I mentioned earlier, is uh, is the, the level of uptake and availability of information is coming so fast and furiously now that um, you, you you have the you have the advantage to do what took years before in terms of a learning curve. You can do it months now, um, and I think that's really been part of where we really wanted to innovate and see the market in the next several years. Okay, that twenty to thirty percent savings is huge. I know parents will appreciate that, especially if their kids uh, incur sports injuries. <laughs> Can you talk to us a little bit more about the new product that you guys recently launched called the IPG Pathfinder 360? Sure, and and that goes. Uh, we yeah, we just launched that, and and that really goes to speak to the uh, the information that we've gathered, and 
and it's really our, our new SaaS product. It's one of uh, three SaaS products that we're going to launch, mm-hmm. um, software as a service. And, mm-hmm. and it's really designed to give, again, give employers, arm employers and arm insurers with that information at their fingertips. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether you want us to manage the process ourselves mm-hmm. and control that, uh, similarly, again, to the pharmacy model, mm-hmm. or whether you, you want us to provide the tools mm-hmm. uh, for you to do that information yourself, we can. And, and one of the things that we're really uh, getting a lot of great uh, feedback around, uh, and I mentioned it briefly earlier, is is around what we call site of care. And, and what that means is many people don't realize, employers obviously as well, but certainly you and I don't realize what our alternatives are to go get those types of procedures that we commonly be told you need to be in a hospital to get done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it can take uh, one of one of our probably our better better um, uh, physicians that we do business with can do a shoulder arthroscopy in forty minutes and be in you're in and out. And and so those low cost alternatives that maintain a high level of quality are important. And to get out to to, to make a big difference between again spending ten thousand versus two thousand for a procedure. And so we we actually part of our tool really um, is a, a, a geo coded. Uh, solution that that allows uh, an insurer allows uh, you know service providers um, physicians to be able to go in and really analyze at any point in time where the best mix of those procedures could occur um, both in terms of maximizing your do- your savings dollars mm-hmm. to maximizing the, uh, the the availability uh, and scheduling of a physician um, but more importantly again, designed around low-cost alternatives for employers and for members, one of the other things that we really like about this is is part of our indexing. And so a big challenge that um, healthcare professionals and insurers have had before is if I tried to go uh, speak to you as a physician to physician Mm -hmm. and said, Nicole, why do you choose to do these types of procedures? Why do you use these kinds of parts when you do a specific procedure? Oftentimes, even as an MD to MD, your answer is going to be, well, because I want what's best for my patient, of course, but also this is how I do business. And instead of, um, and, and unless unless you're part of a thought leadership uh, process, maybe you're a recognized leader in a certain space where you're going to command that kind of, uh, uh, of attention and, and best practices, and generally what you're going to find is that it's, again, it becomes a very much a localized decision. And when you have localized decisions, cost, uses, usage, et cetera, patterns all vary. And what we do is we provide a national index, and that's really one of the things that's really been been uh, kind of a, a hot aspect of what we've produced out for folks is part of this, this SaaS solution gives you an index. So now I can provide this information to you as a physician to say, Nicole, you just every time you do this kind of a procedure, you do you use X number of parts. Did you know that all your peers across the country use some other number? Why are you different? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's a very, very powerful tool that one can use to really to think about the, the, the ability and the availability, whether you're an employer, whether you're a manufacturer, whether you're a physician, you're a hospital, to have that level of information at your disposal because it helps create then you can create centers of excellence. So if Nicole is better than everyone, then wonderful, then uh, we're going to make sure we, we, we can compensate her appropriately for her performance and her outcomes. If she's not, how do we create a different set of fact patterns to encourage her to to, uh, to, to perform better. Um, and so it really puts that information back in the hands of the, of the physicians and the, and the facilities mm-hmm. to be able to better manage that. And, and that's really been, uh, been uh, very, very well received, and we're getting a lot of uh, great attention around that now. And having that information available for the masses is going to be huge, just to know that 
they have options. Exactly. Cheaper options. Uh, Todd, uh, tell us, how can our listeners reach out to you to learn more about the offerings of IPG? Sure. A um, couple ways. Okay. Um, firstly, certainly they can always go to our website. That's uh, www.ipg.com. Okay. Uh, easy information there. We provide for members and we provide for healthcare uh, service providers and obviously insurers. You know, another way, make make your employer aware of it. Um, the nice thing about our model is I don't need to sell directly to and to you as a you and I as as uh, users of of that. What I can do is say make sure your make sure your employer knows about this and make sure your employer is communicating to their insurer and asking their insurer, hey, what are you doing about managing these things? We know you manage drug formularies. Right. We know you manage radiology. Um, how are you handling these high cost procedures that when I have to go in and get my my knee scoped or uh, my, you know, take care of my sports injury or, or get a cardiac procedure done. Uh, how, how do I know that you're creating savings for me as well? And, and that's really the best way to do it is, uh, you know, uh, rather than say, you know, how do I make my consumer uh, aware of, of uh, alternatives? Uh, we really like to see is make your employer aware of those alternatives. That's and if they're, not, if they're not doing that, um, you know, make sure that they're, uh, they're talking about it with uh, IPG. Right, I hear you. Thank you so much, Todd Riley with IPG. Thanks, Nicole. Okay. Next up on our broadcast, we have Kyle Lewis with Oxygen Financial. Good morning, Kyle. Good morning. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Kyle, give us some background on Oxygen Financial and what do you do there at the company? I am uh, I'm a co-CEO and one of the founders. Okay. Um, we uh, we're pretty excited. We're about to celebrate our five-year anniversary. Mm-hmm. We waited until uh, the market decided to crash in 2008 and thought, hey, that's a <laughs> heck of a time. Let's just jump out in it. Actually, my business partner and I were both executives at American Express, which mm-hmm. uh, later became a mayor prize. And I don't know if anyone in the room has read the Blue Ocean Strategy. It was a book that came out in, I think it was around 2005. Uh, if you haven't read it, it's a great read. Uh, mm-hmm. And certainly fitting, uh, Todd, for I think what you guys are doing in y'all's industry. I, I, that was, an, by the way, thanks for sharing all that. I, one of the things I hope yeah. coming today was I would get to meet guys like yourself who right. I think are certainly uh, uh, leading the path in your industry and a ton of – I loved uh, – I love sunlight is the best disinfectant, by the way. I'm stealing that. I'm going to give you credit one. I'm giving you credit now. Moving forward, I'm stealing that. Um, well, no, I think, I, you know, one of the things that I, I think Todd brought to the table that I think is important is we do live in the information age. Unfortunately, people confuse that with the knowledge age. And one of the things that I think Todd and, and his team are bringing to the table are knowledge around and choice. For people to sort through and sift through all the information that's out there and then help their their constituents make better decisions and we wanted to do that for uh for guys and gals in the x and y generation mm-hmm. you know i've been doing this for about 20 years and I, I love helping people it's certainly very fun i'm a 40 i just turned 44 my business partner will be 44 in a couple of weeks and you know five, six seven years ago we started looking around and said wow there's really no institutions in the financial services industry out there that are designed to serve me. You know, they're mainly focused on my parents, and, you know, maybe I'll be relevant when I get to my 50s. <laughs> you know, but as it stands, I think I have significantly different needs than my folks had. And so we wanted to bring a family-type office environment. Now, now when you say family office in Atlanta, most people think uber wealthy. You know, hold on now. We wanted to bring a family-type office, uh, you know, provide financial services, tax services, legal services, mm-hmm you know, to the average uh, Joe and Jane out there who who are struggling, 
You know, they need help making, you know, basic decisions. Do I buy? Do I lease? You know, um, much of how I think today's generation looks at things is, is based around how much can I eat? How much can I get out of my monthly salary or, or what I have coming in every month? And, you know, people ask me all the time, who is your, who are your biggest competitors? Is it the, you know, the big wirehouses out there, the Edward Jones of the world? And I'm like, no, actually it's probably, you know, North Point Mall, Best Buy. You know, certainly all the great restaurants that are here in Atlanta because <laughs> there's tons of them. And so we wanted to serve a, serve a different constituent, thus the Blue Ocean strategy, uh, and get out and, uh, and help those folks. Okay. And what makes you different? Um, you know, it's outside of niche marketing. I think that, um, you know, we, when we built a model, we wanted to do a couple of things that um, are different in the space. Um, I think today most people get when they go to Publix or Kroger and they see Coke on the end of the aisle one week, Pepsi on the end of the aisle the other, they know that they're paying, Coke or Pepsi are probably paying for that shelf space. I think the consumer is starting to figure out that that happens in the financial services world, but they don't, they haven't necessarily completely figured that out. We wanted to build a model that was 100% independent. So we don't, we don't work for any insurance companies. We don't work for any investment companies. We, we really wanted to get on the same side of the table as the consumer and really educate folks around that. Also, how we brought information to the consumer. You know, the um, today, you know, my parents would, you know, and Todd was talking about it before in the healthcare. What did you do? You know, my parents would go ask, well, who, who helped you with your knee or who helped you with this? Today, a 30-something's not going to ask. Well, they may go out on Facebook and ask, hey, who do you know out there? But it's going to be a different <laughs> but, but where they? But that's going to come. But think about where that information is going to come from. It's going to come from maybe friends or friends of the friends that they have, okay? Or they're certainly going to go out and Google it or Bing it or whatever, Vine it or, whatever, you know, whatever is available out there. And so we, we, we provide a ton of content. You know, today will be content for us. You know, I appreciate y'all doing this because it allows people to understand more what's in the marketplace. And so we, we're, we're more of a, a pull versus push uh, marketing approach to folks and allow them to see the content and, and how our approach works. And, and, you know, to this point, people have been pretty drawn to our model. We're pretty excited about it. We're about to open, by the way, I should, I'm going to give my, I'm going to give myself a shameless plug. <laughs> Go right you know, ahead. We're about to open our, our, our first branch office down off of West Paces Ferry, kind of West Paces and Peachtree, uh, just down from the King and Duke. And we're okay. certainly excited. Well, you know, any, that in and of itself is going to be a different model. It's going to be, it's, it's certainly not your, our office, by the way, is not your traditional office. If you can go to our website, you know, at o2fin.com and, and get a sense for, for how we are. There's no, cherry and marble and there's no bull and bear and there's definitely not a picture of a guy on a horse about to shoot a fox or something along those lines that you see i think in the traditional financial services there's an oxygen machine it's a wee gaming station in our lobby and you know the the branch office we're building down in buckhead is going to allow our clients a place to to meet with their clients you know it's not your traditional office space it's going to be an opportunity people want community you know so many people are working from home or working from wherever and we're not solitary creatures well, I guess some of us are but most of us aren't you know we want that we want that sense of community and we wanted to we wanted to provide some location for our clients to get that sense of community so they can come in we have a tablet bar so whether they're Apple users or Samsung users they Samsung users they can plug in 
We'll have a copier uh, center for them, a place where they can FedEx stuff or mail stuff or, or do whatever, and, and certainly some very high-tech conference space uh, that they can come in, make presentations to make presentations to their clients, and have fun doing it. We're listening to Kyle Lewis with Oxygen Financial, Inc. Uh, Kyle, you, um, you seem to be in tune with a small business owner. Uh, financial challenges what, what what kind of challenges do you see it's a different age and time what's going on what, man what i'll tell you a different age and time i think that you know i don't know when we villainize the you know the, the small business owner i appreciate you know again what todd's doing i'm looking forward to hear what ed's bringing to the table you know <laughs> around but you know the tax environment i believe in this country is going to get progressively worse you know, and the, we're going to continue to beat up on the haves, and we're, we're, we're putting out a lot on the back of the small business owner. And if you look what drives our, our economy, it's not, the, it's not the big corporate monsters of the world. It's the guy that's trying to scratch out and provide, you know, services and employ three to five folks, you know, or 50 people. And that's 80% of our economy. So why are we, why are we beating up on that? I don't understand that. You know, and so we wanted to we wanted to help those help those folks out. So whether it's you know working with our tax team to to design and develop you know efficient and effective tax strategies, to you know working with our one of our private you know by the way we don't I don't know what a financial advisor is anymore, and so you know to me I, I mean it's a ton of different things. You, that's a that's a stockbroker. It's a person working at the bank. It's a it's a QuickBooks ex- expert. We we designed and developed a a role called a private CFO. And our intent there is actually all of us are owners of a business, whether you know it or not. You're the CEO of your family finances. And so we come in and partner with the, whether it be the small business owner or just the, the CEO of the family finance and help them make better, more informed decisions around those things. But certainly I think the, uh, I think the challenges facing Obamacare, uh, you know, we'll see where that ends up. You know, I read an article yesterday that, Apparently, they were off by 107% on some of the costs. <laughs> and I'm like, are you kidding? And then driving over here this morning, I'm like, oh, yeah, by the way. You know, and, and by the way, who that's going to impact, like, you know, from what my research is, is what I've, you know, kind of found just perusing through everything I can read about it, it really is going to impact the younger person in this country. You know, we're not going to go beat up on the 65-year-old person. We're going we're gonna to kind of beat up on the 30-year-old guy and gal. You know, they're going to bear a lot of those costs. And so right, wrong, or indifferent, it, it just is what it is, mm-hmm. you know. And so educating folks around what that means to them and what they need to do to be prepared to, to, to take on that, I, I think is important. Catchy piece on your name, X and Y, uh, generation gap here. We're talking about generation gap. Well, we still like the we still like the young at heart. Come on, Dom. I Come mean, on. you know, I mean, so, it's not so, always just so age. So you got it's... the secret. What's going on with the gap there? Uh, what, what have you learned over the last five years? What have I learned over the last five? Years? Well, it's generation inter- gap. Well, it's interesting. You know, um, for the first time in our country's history, the X and Y generation make less money than their parents did, adjusted for inflation. You know, and so the, the, the country was built on this American dream. You come to this country, you do better for yourself, you do better for your family, and that's actually not been the case, you know, for a lot of these, for, for a lot of folks. And so, you know, that's, that, that makes, <laughs> financially, that makes a challenge. You know, I think the, the gap of how we make decisions is significant. I, and I, and I, and I brought that to, you know, I brought that to mention earlier. It's, um, 
You know, the X-Gen, which I'm obviously right in, smack dab in the middle of, we're the most cynical generation <laughs> that you've come across in a long time. And so, you know, we've seen probably more divorce than our folks did. We've not done very well with our housing. You know, and so probably the largest purchase for a lot of folks is, I don't know, they're flat or underwater or, you know, they're, the stock market hasn't been very nice to them. You know, they've ridden through probably their first job. They're like, wow, geez, I got beat up once. Now I'm beat up twice. And now we're, you know, going, coming out the backside of the Great Recession. And so I think there are different facts and events that are shaping how we think about things. We seem to have an energy going on today. We've got Definitely. some thought leaders here. Uh, Kyle. Uh, I only about... had one cup of coffee. Yeah. Like, I mean, I go on, I might have two, it'd be all over. So where's the future uh, the next 10, 10 to 15 years in your industry? You know, that's, that's uh, you know, I, I hope, um, and I'm not to beat up on my industry, but I hope there's more sunlight, you know, to Todd's point around the, the disinfectant. I think that things are going to become, I think the consumer is getting a lot smarter. And I'm very thankful for that. And so I think you're going to see, like every other industry, I think you're going to see margin compression, which is good, you know. And so some of the expensive products that are out there that are maybe a little bit better for the financial services industry than they are for the consumer are going to swing the other way. You know, I think that um, I think you're going to see folks. I don't know if the stock market will necessarily be the place that, that folks go to save money. Uh, certainly it would be a component of what they do. But I think uh, we're already seeing a more conservative culture of folks that appreciate fixed-type products. They understand that, hey, maybe just saving in cash or, or things along those lines are going to be a better way to get. Family office, right? Back to family family where office. Come, where did that come from? Well, you know, it was uh, uh, partly, partly uh, you know, my business, Ted and, Ted and myself sitting in Vegas, you know, kind of thinking up some of these things. But partly, you know, <laughs> After, no, I'm not going to say that. You know, part of it was just our clients demanded it. You know, that when you when you have someone say, hey, I, 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 any of us can talk about, anybody mostly in the financial services industry can talk about how to diversify your 401k. There's tons of models out there you can follow. But to sit down and say, well, help me understand how much I need to allocate for, you know, my kid's education or how much should I buy this car? Should I lease it? Should I, all the all the day-to-day decisions no one's out there to help folks make and we don't teach it in school you know and so people don't understand the compounding effects of money and to have a play and, and by the way you know i don't know about you guys i've got a five and a half month old okay my life's kind of upside down on some days more than others and the traffic in atlanta sucks you know and so you know having to find five to six professionals out there is a challenge it's hard sometimes to find one quality professional, you know, and we're all stretched for time. The 40-hour work week's gone. And so if we can provide an opportunity for someone to go to one place, plug in and get a lot of things addressed and solved in a, in a transparent, I love the idea of transparent, in a very transparent approach, people are going to, people are driven to that. You know, we've, um, we started we kind of started with nothing, which, you know, to this day, my mom's like, I can't believe y'all did that. We had no clients. We came out of executive position. And we built our model to about just shy of 2,000 clients today. And so it's resonating in the marketplace. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. we know we're on to something. Right. Kyle, you spoke about different models for planning. How do you decide which planning ideas uh, 
right is a right fit for an individual or even for a business owner for that matter? Well, you know, I think a part of that is the education component. You know, my job isn't to make decisions necessarily for my clients as much as it is to be a resource broker for them to make better decisions and understand what the game is. You know, um, there's, I don't know how many stocks out there, 20,000 different mutual funds. There's all this, there's all this stuff, you know, and there's, I can find anything good or bad on the internet to support any argument I make. My, my job is just to teach people, here's the pros. Here's the con. Here's the good. Here's the bad. Here's the expense of it. What do you think? And and teach them in a manner so that they can they can make that decision themselves. And so, I don't know that there's a right or a wrong of anything. I tell folks all the time, there's that's a really good product. It's a really bad product. You know, it just depends on your situation. Now, when it comes to selling a business, why is a financial advisor important, and how can he add to the advice of let's say a CPA? the broker, and the attorney that are all involved? Well, I think that process needs to start years before you sell the business. Okay. And so, and, and in some cases, how you're starting, how you decide to, um, how do you decide whether you incorporate, if you're an S-Corp, you're a C-Corp, there's a ton of decisions that folks need. Once again, it's an education component, you know, so understanding how, you know, how the structure of your business, and what is your goal, by the way? So are you going to sell? Mm-hmm. You know, people ask Ted and I all the time, what y'all's got, what's your goal? Are you going to sell to someone? I'm like, I don't know. You know, I think our objective, not, you know, not if we can build something that's special. I don't know that I want to corrupt it by selling it to, to a bigger institution. But who, who's to say that someone walks along and says, hey, we promise to keep all the values in your organization. We don't change a thing, and here's a pile of money. I don't say okay to that. You know, but I think, uh, I think once again, the tax environment, is going to be one that's reasonably challenging um, moving forward. And you need a quarterback, you know, so you need certainly an attorney, a CPA, a quality team of professionals are important to have, but who's the quarterback in there? And maybe it is the, maybe it is the private CFO. Maybe it's the attorney, maybe it's the CPA, but you need to make that decision at some point and stick to it. I love your energy, Kyle, and you, you seem very passionate uh, about what you do. What do you enjoy most about what you, about what you do? Um, the people. Mm-hmm. You know, I uh, I, I think the thing you. I least enjoyed about the about my executive role was I didn't have a client base. You know, so I stated a moment ago we started with nothing, and I will never ever do that again. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no way I get I separate myself from the client again. It's right. too fun. I you know, agree. it's it's awesome to. It, it, I, I think that's what I fell into this industry. By <laughs> the way, you know, I kind of fell into it backwards. And probably my first epiphany, I was six months into this business, and I was working with a couple of executives for Halliburton and Ericsson Telecommunications. And you know, I, they only hired me because I had American Express backing me. I'm 100 percent <laughs> confident of that today. But I'll never forget sitting in this woman. This is in Dallas. I'll never forget sitting in this woman's uh, kitchen on a Saturday morning, and we went through the financial plan and laid out everything for. Her. And I've got my training manager there to ha- kind of help when when I need it. And I turn and look, and she's boohooing. And I'm like, uh oh, <laughs> you know, like what did I do wrong? And she looked at me and she goes, for the first time, I'm, here's a 50. I'm a 25 year old kid, you know, 23 year old kid. Here's a you know, a mid-50s woman, she looks at me and she goes, for the first time in my life, I feel like I'm going to be okay. You're a part of my family. And gave me this big bear hug, and I was like, poof. Mm-hmm. It all opened up to me. I thought, thought wow, this, this is what I'll do the rest be. of my life. Yeah, absolutely. I hear you. Absolutely. 
And tell us, Kyle, how can our listeners reach out to you to learn more about the services that Oxygen Financial provides? Well, I'll tell you, um, certainly you can go to our website, um, oxygenfinancial.net, or if you want to make it short, o2fin.com. Uh, <laughs> okay. We have one of the top uh, finance blogs, uh, kudos to Ted on this, uh, in the country, Your Smart Money Moves. Uh, com. There's three or four articles that we put out a week that are specific to some of the needs today. How much do I need to spend on a wedding gift? You know, things that, you know, stuff that, uh, simple stuff that folks need help on. So I appreciate you having me today. Thank you. Thank you for being here, Kyle. I appreciate you. You've been listening to Silver Lining in the Cloud brought to you by CDI Managed Services. Next up, we have the distinct pleasure of speaking with Ed Henderson with Synergy Fight. I'm sorry, Synergy America. Good morning, Ed, and welcome. Good morning. Thank you for having me, Nicole. And You're Don. very welcome. Ed, tell us about uh, Synergy America and what Sh- do you do? Sure, sure. Well, uh, Synergy America has been around for about 20 years. We're founded in 1993. Uh, we're a professional services organization focused on staffing and the consulting space. Uh, our disciplines are IT, finance and accounting, healthcare, and engineering. But we basically can help you with just about anything in the professional office setting. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things we hang our hat on is our flexibility, whereas if you need someone uh, contract or contract to hire, because sometimes you don't want to make that hiring decision right off the bat, you want to take a look at this guy and, and make sure he's the right fit for your organization skill-wise as well as culture. Um and we also offer a, a full-time placement service, whereas if you need uh, to invest in this person right up front and have them join your team right away, we'll get through the screening for you. Okay. And how long have you been in the professional service and consulting staffing industry? Uh, about 16 years. Wow. I, uh, it's you something like what you do. I do. I do. It, it's it's uh, one of those things that I, I kind of fell in, as Kyle said, uh, but uh, I, I had the opportunity to work with some great people, uh, meet some great mentors, and, and realize, hey, this is where I belong, helping bring uh, business solutions and talented people together for not only uh, small entrepreneurs here in Georgia, mm-hmm. internationally, but also for some of the uh, Fortune 5 partners that we have nationally. Okay. Now, I know that uh, Synergy uh, was founded in the IT sector. So why now engineering, finance, accounting, healthcare, and many other divisions? Uh, great question. Great question. Yeah, we were founded uh, in the software um, consultancy space, but uh, just through evolution mm-hmm. and the need and the demands, frankly, from our clients about some 20-odd years ago saying, hey, you guys are great at what you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else can you do? Can you help us uh, with someone who may be a staff accountant who may be uh, just a clerk in your office there. What else can you guys do? Mm-hmm. We love the talent. We love the quality. And uh, we really appreciate that you guys are, are aligning with our, our business practices and uh, looking at what that cost is for today versus what you may have uh, asked for that same service five years ago. Right, right. That certainly makes sense. Now, what are some of your most immediate uh, technology challenges for the organization? Well, right now, we're, we're taking a look at uh, how we want to grow our brand, how we want to invest to be relevant here, mm-hmm. uh, not only in Georgia, but also uh, across the country. Uh, we're spending a lot of time and, and, and some money investing in social media and deciding, you know, if they point and click, will there be a return on helping us gain more visibility, meeting new partners, and, again, attracting the top talent. 
that's what helps separate Synergy America from uh, the incredibly saturated market that uh, Todd alluded to there. So we're certainly uh, looking to um, look at other ways to, to grow our brand and attract the best talent right here in Georgia as well as across the U.S. We're talking to Ed Henderson with Synergy America. Ed, uh, can you give us some insight on how you see the current landscape and marketplace when unemployment, depending on who you're talking to, of course, still <laughs> seems to be on the high side, uh, yet we have a shortage of talent in the IT sector? Yes, awesome, awesome question. I really appreciate that. Um, uh, obviously, in our world, that uh, that shortage of talent certainly impacts us, impacts what our deliverable is to our clients. Um, one of the core reasons that we feel that shortage is, and Kyle alluded to this, was education. Uh, our founder, uh, Manny, as well as Hershey Krishnaswamy, uh, they're very, very passionate about giving back and making sure that uh, we help build our infrastructure when it comes to education, the technology space, the engineering space. Uh, we're part of the, one of the founders for the math and science school here in Gwinnett, which we're very proud of. Um, we're looking to start with the kids, and uh, we believe that's where, where you have to get. We have to build the infrastructure. We have to make sure the youth are able to compete, not only here in Georgia, not only here in the United States, but internationally. And uh, that's where we want to begin. Some of our other immediate challenges are, again, uh, looking at offshoring. It's one of those things where uh, we say work with Synergy America first, give the small business uh, companies an opportunity to meet some of your price concerns and demands before looking outside of the states there. And that's where we think we can be uh, very competitive. We have an edge over some of our larger competitors. Uh, we're able to meet your price and help you save about 15 to 20% on your overall spend, whether it be consulting or contract services for staffing. Uh, Ed, what, what should companies consider, in, you know, in part, looking, considering partnering uh, with Synergy? What should they uh, think about and consider? Well, I, I, I think one of the things which is very important to uh, our model, our motif, was uh, just value. We're going to bring you a real value uh, for your spend. You know, whether we're talking about that CFO who's looking at uh, what his budget is as far as professional services and staffing, and whether it be IT, engineering, finance, accounting, or healthcare, which is uh, incredibly hot for us right now, uh, we're going to bring you a great overall value. Um, again, we're going to help you save about 15 to 20% on average when you look at your annual spend. Uh, our founders are huge, as obviously I am on integrity. You look, every day you read the paper here in Gwinnett, you read the AJC, you're seeing a loss of integrity within our business partnerships. And uh, to uh, follow up on, on Todd's uh, keyword of transparency, that's something we're going to offer. You can see exactly what we're doing, some of your true cost, and really decide uh, if we're the right partner for you. Because we're not the right fit for everybody, but we think uh, a lot of great companies will continue to work with us there. Is there a specific focus for Synergy America for the near future? Absolutely, absolutely. Right now, uh, we're, we're focused on uh, health care, very hot. Uh, we believe uh, or we know that it's, it's going to trend upwards. Uh, if we're looking at a uh, three- to five-year plan, in the next five years, 2018, we're looking at about a, uh, a spend on staffing uh, health care, and that includes the contract consulting services of about $13 billion. And uh, that's a 6% increase from where we are right now at, in 2013. So. We're hedging our bets. We are building a pipeline of uh, seriously talented individuals and working with other partners, other great small businesses here locally, like the IPGs of the world. Hopefully, yeah, Todd and I will get together and talk about that <laughs> and uh, really see what we can do to 
take advantage of what's going on with uh, uh, Affordable Health Care Act or Obamacare, as it's called. Yeah, we heard from Todd on how uh, Obamacare is uh, affecting uh, IPG. Uh, is it having any effect in, in your business and your industry? Yeah, yeah, you know, that that's a hot question here in Georgia. Uh, in, two four, in 2014, when everyone's looking to see, hey, where we got to be to be compliant and all, we're, we're, we feel pretty comfortable with uh, what we have in-house as well as our, our consulting and contract employees. Uh, but the, the uptick and the opportunity that's ahead of us just because of uh, patient uh, info and uh, billing and everything that it takes to take it from paper to an automated process in your local doctor's office right up to some of the major uh, uh, players here in Georgia as far as hospice and healthcare. We think that the healthcare industry is going to be a great place for us to really lay some roots down and uh, invest as we've done. And where do you see Synergy America in the next five years? Well, and in the next five years, our goal is to be uh, a solid brand, mm-hmm. not only in Georgia, but in the Southeast. Uh, a lot of our partners uh, know about us, a lot of great companies uh, like the the uh, Gwinnett Medicals, the mm-hmm. Rock Tens of the World, uh, NCR, some of the local brands, they know about us. We work with them, but mm-hmm. we want to be a, a brand name within the industry itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to take some work, but uh, that, that's where our goal to be a tier one, tier two supplier that people reach out to first whenever they want real value and they want a real relationship uh, with, with the company. 16 years in the business, what do you enjoy most about what you've been doing for the last 16 years? Well, I, you know, I, I, I think uh, Kyle's still a little bit of that for me. I was about to touch on that, but uh, it, it's <laughs> working. <laughs> it's, it's working with the people. I mean, uh, you, you can't do this business. You can't uh, compete, compete in such a saturated market. Uh, and really define, you know, who you are, your vision for the organization, as I'm tasked with, and and uh, not really love working with people when it comes to uh, bringing business solutions and talented people together. So uh, it, it, that's that's really one of the things that I, that I love in impacting, uh, you know, a family by giving mm-hmm. that guy uh, his first real job out of college. Mm-hmm. You know, he just got married, just graduated school. And uh, he's trying to find out what his next steps are going to be, and he's looking all around, and uh, he reaches out to Synergy America. And, uh, you know, I've been in this business a while. I've got some of the best recruiters in the business mm-hmm. when it comes to the uh, disciplines we work in. And a lot of times we, we help people get their lives started. And we take the seasoned vets who unfortunately have to start over mm-hmm. a lot of times uh, and say, hey, what's my next step? The plant's closed. Uh, we don't know where we're going to go. I'm an engineer. I've had, for 20 years I've been doing the same thing. Where else can I go? What's my next steps? And because we have some great relationships here locally in Georgia, as well as nationally, we're able to point them in the right direction. So that, that really uh, gives back to you, and it, it's great mm-hmm. karma. I agree, and I can certainly relate. Sometimes it's just not about the service or the product, but it really is the passion for the people. Absolutely. Ed, tell us uh, how can our listeners uh, reach out to you to learn more about the services that you provide at Synergy America? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you can go to www.synergyamerica.com. Uh, you can also reach out to me uh, directly at uh, ed at synergyamerica.com. And I invite you to go on our website and see our new social media uh, contacts there. We're very proud of that. We've spent a lot of time investing and in reaching out to uh, our younger audience mm-hmm. and those who are really savvy technology uh, folks out there to make mm-hmm. them aware of everything that we can bring to the table and obviously grow our partnerships here in Atlanta and nationally. Thank you so much, Ed. Thank you. Awesome to have you guys. Great, great. 
You've been listening to Silver Lining in the Cloud, where we talk business to business. Thank you to our guest today, Todd Riley with IPG, Kyle Lewis with Oxygen Financial, and Ed Henderson with Synergy America. We appreciate you for being on the show. I'm Nicole Toptosh, along with my co-host, Dominic Rainey, with CDI Managed Services, where we work with companies to maximize their investment in IT infrastructure and cloud solutions and support. To listen to this show and other Silver Lining in the Cloud broadcasts, go to silverlining.businessradiox.com. And until next time, remember, when it comes to IT solutions and cloud support, CDI Managed Services is your Silver Lining in the Cloud.